All right, everybody, welcome to BO Boys for Monday, May 9th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Pat, we had a big, big, big opening weekend. I think mm-hmm. the summer is kicked off right. Yes. So let's just is- get... Let's just get into it, right? Let's get Let's into do this it. plow. Our first official summer of 2022 plow. The summer begins now. And as Tony, Tony, Tony once said, it feels good. Mm-hmm. Number one, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness made $187.4 million in its first weekend. Number two, The Bad Boys, $9.5 million, down 41%, lost 203 theaters. It's at $57.3 million in its third weekend. Number three, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, $6 million, down 48%. It lost 443 theaters. It's at $169.7 million in its fifth frame. Number four, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, $4.2 million, down 49%. It lost 911 theaters. It is at $86.3 million in its fourth weekend and rounding out this top five. Stay and put for another weekend, everything, everywhere, all at once. Made $3.5 million, down only 36%. It lost 671 theaters. It's at $41.7 million in its seventh weekend. And that is the top five. All right. So, Clayton, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the number one, which obviously is going to be most of our show, or do you want to talk to some of the other movies populating this plow? You know, I think let's just jump into this biggie. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Let's jump into the Multiverse of Madness, number one. So the MCU's first summer movie in, what, three years? And mm-hmm. it made $187 million. Now, last weekend or last week on this show, we both thought this would get over 200 domestic. It didn't. It got to 187 yeah. And I think we got to start off by saying... This is not a disappointment in any way. I mean, no, that's no. my, unless you disagree, my take is it made $187 million in one weekend. That is incredible. It is a pure success. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Anthony D'Alessandra in his deadline column, I think, succinctly said it best that we shouldn't worry about round numbers at this point mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. 187 is great. Mm-hmm. I mean, any way you slice it, It's the 11th highest opening domestic for any film. So that's something, right? It's in in between Incredibles 2 and Avengers Age of Ultron. And Mm -hmm. for a Doctor Strange film, like we talked about before, this is a B-level character. Mm -hmm. The first open to what, 80-something? I mean, this is incredible. It made $100 million more than the first one. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 just shows what the Marvel marketing machine is now, and everyone frets, and everyone hand rings, and everyone poo-poos, oh, all movies are going to be Marvel, that's all that movies are going to be, and you know what, we've said on the show, that's not going to be the case, but for right now, nobody does it better than Marvel at the box office. They are purely a machine, they cannot be stopped, and... People love this stuff. And it's, I think you're coming off of everyone had good feelings seeing Spider-Man No Way Home in December and January and February. And that just rode right into this where people were excited for more. There, there, mm-hmm. there is no, there is no, I think right now, uh, uh, ceiling for how much people want this Marvel stuff. They are not getting sick of it. You'll have a Morbius you know, which was the Sony Spider-Man Marvel Universe. You'll have a Morbius that bombs because it's terrible and and it has a star that people don't like. But that didn't bomb because people were sick of superheroes or sick of Marvel. It bombed because it stunk. And if one of these looks good, people are going to go because they cannot get enough of this stuff. And and just look at the... So it's the seventh highest domestic opening for a 
MCU movie, and that's okay. counting. They're counting the Spider-Man Sony movies. So oh, just wow. look at these movies in front of it. Mm-hmm. Avengers Endgame, Spider-Man No Way Home, Avengers Infinity War, the original Avengers, Black Panther, Avengers Age of Ultron, and then Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I mean, this is in a class of the mm-hmm. highest echelon of these Marvel movies. Right, right. It only got beat out by the biggest movies of all time, you know, Endgame, Infinity War, the original Avengers, the second Avengers, and something like Black Panther that was a a cultural touchstone. Mm -hmm. You know, Doctor Strange this week went up there and it competed with cultural touchstones. You know, that, that doesn't happen that often. There's not very many cultural touchstones anymore, like a Black Panther, and Doctor Strange is not a cultural cultural touchstone, but it played on the same field this weekend as cultural touchstones, and, yeah. and that is big. And and it's also the biggest opening ever for Sam Raimi, and that's saying a lot because he directed all three of those Spider-Man original trilogy. That mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Spider-Man one was the first movie to open over a hundred million dollars in a given weekend. With that three day of one fourteen point eight, yep, which, yep, which I was, remember being just it, it was insane at the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, because that's the first hundred million dollar opening weekend, and it smashed the record at that point. You know, it didn't mm-hmm. just open at one hundred one; it opened at one fourteen. And of course, Sam Raimi's Spider Man opening weekend was immortalized in an episode of Entourage. When within the Entourage verse. Vinny Chase then broke that record with the opening weekend of James Cameron's Aquaman. You know, Absolutely. so this, that is not just Sam Raimi doesn't just have a, 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 a footnote in box office history. He has one of the biggest box office numbers ever because his Spider-Man opening weekend was a narrative plot line in Entourage. You know, oh, that's, bo- that's box office as storytelling right there. Absolutely. And, and and so it's also Spider-Man 3, which was his mm-hmm. biggest, was 151 back in 2007. So, you know, the guy's had big box office before, right. but it's nice to see him come back. And, you know, this movie has been divisive, I feel like, online from yes. what I've been reading. I don't think yes. that kept anybody from going. No, tweets are not ticks, and tweets are not lack of ticks. Tweets are nothing, as we've said on the show many times. But there definitely has been... I mean, listen, I saw this film, and we're not Mm -hmm. here to be cultural critics or movie critics, but I saw this film opening night, Thursday night, the true opening night, and I liked it a lot. I was boots on the ground. I was in there, you know, mucking it up with the real, real people. Real America, but in a you know, I was in Brooklyn. I was in a coastal elite city, you know, so the real-ish yeah. people. And I saw it opening night. I enjoyed the film a lot. You know, I, I'm someone who am not in any way an MCU fanboy, but I end up seeing all of their movies in the movie theater. So take that for what you want. Uh, Research I, purposes. Exactly. It's ta- it's all tax write-offs, or at least it of should course. be if I remember to do it. But I saw it. I enjoyed the film. I will say... There was, we're not going to spoil anything, huh? We're not going to tell you huh. what happened to these superheroes, huh? Huh? But there were things that happened in the movie that got gasps, that got the kind of reactions you don't usually get at an MCU movie. You know, MCU movies, their surprises are all things people know and expect and are happy for when they happen. You know, there there are surprises in the sense of these are things that the fans demanded and it came true. And this was a movie that had some things that happened that made audience members go, what, what, really? And, you know, we could talk about where we think the box office of this movie is going to go going forward. But my boots on the ground reporting is, listen, people like this movie. We all enjoyed it. But I think there is some stuff in here, some Sam Raimi-esque stuff that maybe is going to keep this from being the most 
leggy of Marvel movies. That that's where I'm at after seeing it boots on the ground, you know, real shoe leather reporting. Yeah, and I think uh, well, thank you for service number 1. Number 2, I I I I think there's a certain amount of people mm-hmm. after Spider-Man No Way Home where no level of cameo mm-hmm. or surprise will be big enough for them. Right. Because at the end of the day, you know, like, you know, not to spoil anything, but, you know, Jack Nicholson is not Iron Man in this movie. He's not Iron Man. We'll report that one thing. It did not come true. Jack Nicholson is not in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. That was one rumor that was proved false. Now, that that's the kind of thing where you can say, well, I went and saw this movie and Jack Nicholson was an Iron Man and now I'm upset. But, and that's kind of unfair. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, Marvel has kind of done it to itself in a way. Mm-hmm. But No Way Home had three Spider-Mens and you can't compete with three Spider-Mens. So if you're mm-hmm. expecting the next three, four, five movies that Marvel puts out to have that big of a surprise in it you're gonna be disappointed that doesn't mean people aren't gonna go but when i see that online that oh this happened and this person was in it but then this happened i want to say well let's focus more on the actual movie than being surprised by a celebrity cameo right because then you are entourage right because entourage was all about the celebrity cameos and they knew that Right, right. And then even they got to a point where they could no longer top themselves. You know, they they had had so many celebrity cameos in the course of that series that by the time Entourage the movie came out, they they just couldn't even top the TV show in terms of cameos. And I think the big issue, and we're not going to get into this because we're we're talking strange, right? but the fact that Obama did not appear in the Entourage movie after saying he would. Right. I think really damaged that film and the Mm -hmm. brand, right? Right. Because if you got Obama, like he said he would do, be in the the Entourage movie, Mm -hmm. when he backed out, that really, I think, made other celebrities say, oh, well, then I'm not going to do it. And then that's, it's going to, it's going to be hard to get a second movie after that. Yeah. I mean, listen, there'll be a day when we will devote an entire episode of the BO boys to exactly what happened, what went wrong with the entourage movie at the box office and the lack of an Obama cameo, of course, will be a major part of that three to four hour episode. Here's something that I think is an issue, and again, Doctor Strange is open to 187. It's a giant hit. It will be a giant success. It's probably going to make a billion dollars. But one Mm -hmm. thing to keep in mind when you talk about it in terms of maybe the disappointment factor coming after Spider-Man No Way Home is that Spider-Man No Way Home was supposed to be released after Doctor Strange. And Mm -hmm. now having seen Doctor Strange, it is clear that this movie was supposed to narratively lead into Spider-Man No Way Home. Like there are plot issues that even though it's clear they have filmed more footage, there's a lot of uh, uh, audio looping and they've tried to make it make sense. It doesn't make sense that this movie is coming after Spider-Man No Way Home, both narratively and I think in terms of building to a climax because this was supposed to be the movie that leads you into the next movie where there's going to be three Spider-Men. And instead people have already seen a movie in which there's three Spider-Men and now they're getting Dr. Strange, which creatively was supposed to be the one that came first and set that up. So I, I, it's the reason why you're going to have audience, not let down because I think again, people are going to like this movie. I think they already have, but it's not the main event. Spider-Man no way home was the main event in this story. And it's weird to have the main event and then have one of the undercard matches have to follow it. Absolutely. And that, I mean, when we talked about Morbius previously, not that Morbius would have set the world on fire, but Morbius was supposed to come out before Venom let there be carnage and before Spider-Man No Way Home. So that would have been a ramping up to larger movies. And when Mm -hmm. it comes at the tail end of that one-two punch, it is going to leave something to be desired. So I think that's 
that's a, a very big deal. Now, you told me over the weekend, because we do yes. talk off mic, that you had uh, a conversation at a wedding that might illuminate mm-hmm. why this movie, again, did spectacularly, but didn't do that $200 million number. Yes. So I basically, I never stop reporting on box office. I never stop gathering information for the wannabe oh boys, wannabe oh girls, wannabe oh people. People. That count on us for box office information. So I was at a family wedding on Saturday night. And first of all, congrats, God bless. The couple looked amazing. There was a lot of talk in the room of we're not quite sure what the groom does, you know, how he's making his money. There's a lot of cracks, but he's doing well. And whatever it Mm -hmm. is that he's doing, you know, uh, uh, I guess keep on doing it. Um, But just, you know, uh, so there was that talk. But that's not the box office talk. The box office talk is I was talking to my cousin who... This is the cousin who, a few years older than me when I was a kid, showed me a lot of cool things that I think formed my character, showed me my first Sam Raimi movies, showed me Evil Dead 2, showed me Dark Man, uh, both on VHS. So it's that, that cousin. And he's got kids. He's got two small kids, huge MCU fans. They see everything in the movie theater. They cannot get enough Marvel And he was going to take them to see this Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. They were going to see it opening weekend. And then he started hearing things about that it's more violent than a usual Marvel movie. He then, uh, you know, remembered back to the days of watching Sam Raimi movies as a kid. And he saw that this is directed by Sam Raimi and started to feel like this would be too much for his young children, his eight-year-old nine-year-old or 10, I forget how old they are, but they're in that range, that this movie might be tough for them and canceled the tickets that he had purchased and has decided they're just going to wait to watch it on Disney Plus so that they can watch it at home in case it's too much for the kids. They don't have to deal with it in a movie theater. I think basically he doesn't want to have to drive all the way to a movie theater then the kids freak out when it's really violent and he has to drive back home. He'd rather deal mm-hmm. with the freak out in the living room. So it's just like, all right, fine, we'll change it. As opposed to like, fuck, I've already parked and now I've got to go get the car and it's a huge disaster. So yes. that is my on the ground reporting. Is that someone who's taken his kids to see all these Marvel movies has decided to pass on Doctor Strange because it would be just too much for his young children's take. And that plays into, I believe it's Austin, our wannabe old boy Austin, who mm-hmm. is big on the birthday party movie. Yes. Great, right? great, great phrase he created, the birthday party movie. And so most Marvel movies are birthday party movies. And mm-hmm. this may not be a birthday party movie because of how scary it possibly yep. could be for young people of this generation. Yes, yes. And I think that's the key is this generation. And listen, we're not old men raising our fists to the sky. You know, we're, we're not trying to poo-poo the youngsters. They're great and they're the ones fueling the box office and God bless them and everything they do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you look at my cousin who is worried about showing this Doctor Strange movie directed by Sam Raimi to his young children, which is fine, good parenting. He's someone who was watching Sam Raimi movies at their age and showed me Evil Dead 2 probably when I was like seven years old. Yes. And Evil Dead 2 was significantly more violent than uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So there is a generational shift where I would say... People of our generation, you know, Clayton, people of our generation were able to or were shown violent imagery very, very young and violent media very, very young mm-hmm. and paid for said violent media very, very young. And I yeah. don't think the current generation is being shown that, which is probably for the better. I'm sure yeah. it wasn't good for, for my brain cells that I saw Evil Dead 2 when I was like eight years old. So it's probably mm-hmm. better, but it 
could affect the box office if youngsters are not seeing these violent movies when they're seven, eight, nine years old. Absolutely. I mean, and I do think that is something that affects the box office. And that's what we're talking about at this point. We're not talking about child psychology. Neither of us know anything about that. But we are talking about the the effect on the box office, which is negative. Yes. Yes. Because if this was our generation, there'd be no question Mm -hmm. that I'm going to see this movie at six years old if my parents want to see it. Exactly. Exactly. There would have been no, I think it's more, there would have been no thought from our parents to take us to such a violent movie. I think that's the difference is that it's not even so much the kids now saying, I don't want to see it. Yes. They're just not given the opportunity to see it because our parents would have taken us to see anything. My, my, my parents took me to see natural born killers in theaters when I was maybe 12 or 13 and my sister was like nine. Yes. You know, so that's, but parents of our generation would not take their kids to see that film or, 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 you know, even something like Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness is giving parents pause because they've heard that it's more violent than usual, but our parents would have taken us to see, see anything. Yes. Now, I have another reason why this movie might have not done as well as it could is that I am a member of the regal whatever that is. I can always I always forget what it is Mm -hmm. because all all I can think of is how I want to be a part of AMC a list again. And in July, I'll be able to cancel my regal. I can't wait. Crown but Club? anyway, could it possibly be called Regal well, Crown uh, Club? You're already part of the Crown Club. It's like a special. I think it's all at. I can't remember. It's like access something, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, don't learn it. I, don't learn it now because soon you'll want to forget it. It's too late. Absolutely. It's already halfway out of my brain. So I was doing a little boots on the ground reporting mm-hmm. uh, on Thursday night because I live close to a Regal. That's why I signed up for this godforsaken subscription. And I was going to walk by and see what's going on. And I was going to use my app to see how many people were uh, in the theater. Like, what was the theater showings looking like? Because there was a ton of times, right? I mean, every 15 minutes, this movie was playing Mm -hmm. because it was on a huge, huge, uh, I don't want to say unprecedented amount of screens, but the most screens, I believe, since the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to kind of see what we were working with. And I couldn't get into the app. The app was saying I was in line. I was in line for tickets on an app. Mm -hmm. Okay. Not why you get an app, not why you get a subscription service. Then when I tried to look at tickets, I was getting charged full price. And so, Really? As if yes. you were just a, a schnook, as if you were just some nobody off the street who wasn't a monthly subscriber to this service. I was being treated like a schmuck, of course. Yeah. And so I tested. I was like, okay, so this has to be some sort of glitch. So I looked at other movies because I thought – my, well, wait, my first thought was, oh, so this service is really going to charge me full price for opening night of Doctor Strange mm-hmm. and not a extra surcharge, not like three dollars or five dollars full price, 18 mm-hmm. plus dollars. So I look at this and I go, OK, well, let me see if it's just Doctor Strange or other movies. So I was looking for other movies and I was getting, you know, charged full price. I tried to look on Monday to see if it's Oh, am I just getting charged full price for this weekend? And it turned out it was a a, a glitch. But I was not able to check to get tickets or purchase tickets with my subscription until very late that evening. So if I'm somebody who's using this service, I'm not going to go see that movie because part of me was like, you know what? I'm already here. Mm -hmm. Maybe I just get myself a ticket Go sit in the back like I'm Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, pull my cap down over my eyes, mm-hmm. get a feel for the room, get a feel for how many people are there, stay for some of the big pops, and then get out of there. Mm-hmm. 
I wasn't able to do that because I would have had to pay full price or go to the person at the front counter who's either 12 years old or 82 years old and mm-hmm. say, no hey, my app's, my app's not working, blah, 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 and then have them be confused mm-hmm. about what's going on. And of course, they, there's nothing they can do about it. It's technology. There's nothing they can do about it. Right, so right, I didn't want right. to go through all that rigmarole. So I do think there might be a tiny amount, and not even a tiny amount, there could be a large amount of people that had that issue mm-hmm. because it was widespread. It was it was all apps. The, the app was, you know, in every place that was the issue. So there's people who didn't get to get tickets that night. Now, those people probably, if they really wanted to, could get tickets later. Mm-hmm. But it turned me off so much that I thought, you know what, I'm not even going to mess with it this weekend. So they did lose some money and they lost my money specifically. Yeah, I mean, it's it's almost a case of this movie was so big, it hurt itself. The demand mm. for this movie is so gigantic that it couldn't be fulfilled, which is why it came in. And again, I'm not, I don't want to say under projections because, you know, Disney's projection conservatively was, what, 150 and the range was still 170 to 210, somewhere around there. So it came in well in a good range for its projections, but it came in under our projections and a lot of the high projections. And part of that could have been the demand crashed these apps and the people like you who were on the fence just said, you know what? I try climbing a fence once. I don't try climbing a fence twice. Nope. You know? So I think if we have any wannabeo boys, wannabeo girls, wannabeo people People. out out there who have a list and attempted to purchase a ticket this weekend for Doctor Strange Mm -hmm. on the A-list app, let us know if you had a similar issue. I kind of feel like you didn't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, I, I feel like it's it's going to be very conf- very heavily skewing towards Regal being the app that screwed up. I mean, we, we really, it's been years of A-list, and other than the fact that, you know, uh, there were no movies during the pandemic, it seems like everyone has enjoyed their A-list pretty much nonstop since the invention of that app. So well, I, I, I doubt they've had any problems. I will tell you, Regal, if you're listening, and I know you are. Of course they are. The problem with your app is there's too many moving parts. Yes. Because you surcharge too much. Yeah. And with that, there's you're adding too many steps, too many things for the app to do. When you have AMC A-List, it doesn't matter if you get three IMAX movies on three different days that week. Mm-hmm. It's not going to cost you any more money. So all you're doing is filling a slot. Mm-hmm. Here it's like, well, when is that? When are they seeing it? In what format? And did they order it online? Did they book ahead of time? It's so many moving parts, and that is why your app fell apart, and that's yeah. why it had an issue. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they just don't. They, they, listen, there is a limit to technology, and I think they have created so many variables that there just aren't coders who could create the scripts that are able to deal with all of these variables you know Mm -hmm. there's listen there are brilliant people out in the world i am not going to pretend there aren't but even with all that brain power they cannot write the code that deals with all the variables that the regal app has created there just there just is not that level of brain power out there I mean, it's almost like offshoot, you know, when you're talking about the multiverse of madness, it's that whole, this mm-hmm. thing happens and then there's a ripple and it ends up here and these exactly. are these different streams, right? It's like, just have one coherent thing that right. is simple and then you will have a service that people will come back to and not immediately quit as mm-hmm. soon as they're out of the shackles of your year sentence. Mm-hmm. So, Clayton, do you want to continue talking Doctor Strange in terms of where we think it's going to go next weekend or get back to Doctor Strange when we look ahead to next weekend? I think let's just wrap up Doctor Strange and say what we think. I mean, I think we both agree that this movie is probably going to have a pretty big drop. Yeah. I mean, I think it'll drop. I mean, it's not going to do, you know, hated movie drop you know it's not Mm going to do a 
uh, I wanted to say crimes of Grindelwald, but secrets of Dumbledore drop like we just saw. It's not going to have a Morbius drop. Those were drops where not only was it a big movie that always drops, but it was a hated big movie. So I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to drop at that level. Yeah, so I think this is going to be a bigger than the usual drop that you get when something opens up huge number one and then has like a you know, at least high fifties, low sixties percent drop. I, you know, I do think this could have, you know, I'm looking at Spider-Man no way homes drop from December 17th. You know, when that opening weekend, it made 260 million. Then the following weekend, it dropped 67% to 84 million. And that's a beloved movie. Mm -hmm. And I think Dr. Strange is going to be less beloved than that. So this probably will have a high 60% drop. You know, I that's think what I was going to say. It's just going to have to because it opens so high. So to me, the prediction is less about the drop next weekend. We all know it's going to have a tremendous drop. My thought is that it's going to have worse, much worse holds than Spider-Man No Way Home had. You know, obviously Doctor Strange is not Spider-Man. Spider-Man is an a number one star dr strange is b or c level uh and i do think that the buzz on this movie is going to be a little bit that hey the cameos weren't incredible it had some scaly stuff in there that may turn off the families and the teens and the tweens you know who you need them to see a movie two three four five six times to make it uh uh you know a a blockbuster like No Way Home. I don't think they're going to see it that many times because I think some of the the violent aspects may scale them off a little bit. Mm-hmm. So my overall look on this is it's going to be a giant hit. It's going to make a billion dollars worldwide, but it's probably going to have you know a huge drop next weekend, high 60s, maybe 70%. And then it's probably going to drop in the 40s or 50s every weekend after that. I don't see it having these like 30% drops that Spider-Man No Way Home had in its run. I I don't think that's going to happen. I think Strange will play less leggy than most Marvel movies of the last few years. And you know what? When we get into these summer-esque months, Mm -hmm. people tend to rush to see a film before the next big one comes, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's more of a compacted time frame. So you're going to see heavier first weekends because they're like, well, I got to see this because if I don't see it before I see this, I might not see this, you know? Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. That's the mentality during the summer. So I do agree that this is going to drop big, probably 60s, possibly 70s. Like you said, I think I could see a 71 on this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which a 71 on Morbius is is horrible. A 71 on Strange is not great, but not horrible. Right, right. Because it's dropping 71%, but it had an insane opening weekend where it, it made more money than most movies would ever make in, a, you know, in their lifetime. Exactly. So I think domestically, it's going to end up being pretty decent middle range for what a Marvel movie does. And then it's already almost half a billion dollars uh, around the world internationally so this movie is a success yes it's a success one other uh bit of reporting that i think may tell us something about this big drop is i was talking to industry stalwart deep popcorn one of our our mm. you know biggest sources in the industry i was talking to deep popcorn over the weekend deep popcorn uh you know he's in the biz but he's a fan and he he loves these marvel movies was not able to see Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness in theaters this weekend. He's got a lot going on. It's also Mother's Day weekend, so he had obligations that legally he couldn't get out of, uh, or at least marriagely he couldn't get out of. And so Deep Popcorn couldn't see this opening weekend, so Deep Popcorn had to resort to other methods of seeing this movie. You know, oh, jeez. Deep Popcorn saw this movie. And listen, Deep Popcorn's in the industry. Ahoy, mateys. Well, he's in the industry, so if he wants to see a movie, he's going to see a movie. But well, he's got I to do, for research purposes. Exactly. And his thing specifically was, it's a Marvel movie. 
It's opening weekend. If I don't see it opening weekend, I risk being spoiled, especially the fact that Deep Popcorn, he's in the industry. You know, if you think as a normal person, people are talking, when you're in the industry, you can't help but hear the chatter. So he knew he would not have been able to get out of the first weekend of this movie without being spoiled. So he had to see it any way he could. He couldn't see in the theater, so he saw it through other methods. I do think that's the give and take of these Marvel movies is that because of the spoiler culture and everyone wanting to see the cameos and the surprises, it drives big opening weekends. But if people can't see it opening weekend, life finds a way and they find Mm -hmm. a way to see this movie. And I think that's the type of thing that also affects the legginess and the second weekend drop is that people by hook or crook, they knew they had to see this movie opening weekend to not get spoiled. And then those are people who probably just won't ever go see in the theater. So that, yeah. that's a factor when when you're thinking of how is this going to play over the next month. And 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 one last thing about uh, the the Marvel movies in general and, and mm-hmm. Kevin Feige, I think that this film was chopped together. It was a victim of circumstance mm-hmm. being shuffled around the calendar the way it was. I think there's certain things in this film that people are grumbling about that Kevin Feige is going to take into account. He's not one of these guys. He hasn't shown himself to be one of these guys that says, I'm right, you're wrong, I will not change my ways. Now, mm-hmm. as factory-like, as you know, the, the, everybody says these, these movies are off a conveyor belt. Mm-hmm. And in, in essence, they are because they stick to the things that work. Mm-hmm. And when they color outside the lines, sometimes it doesn't work. But Feige always finds a way to learn from those things where other filmmakers, other producers don't do that. Mm-hmm. And that's what's made him so successful for however long, what it's been like 15 years, 14 years almost with these mm-hmm. things. Yeah, two thousand nine, I, mean, I think, would have been Iron 2008 Man. Two thousand eight was 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 uh, was Iron Man, right? Yeah, so we're looking at fourteen years now of of this stuff. So this guy adjusts. I mean, this guy adjusts. So if you're if people are thinking that there's going to be any, and I'm a big Marvel can't last forever, can't last forever. I think it's going to last longer than any such type of movie has because you've got this guy behind the wheel that is able to pivot. Yes, yes. If if the Western genre had a Kevin Feige as sort of the big overseer of Westerns back in the day, Westerns may have made their way into the 1970s. You know, Westerns might have hung around as, as the main uh, box office genre longer than they did, but there just wasn't some kind of you know, uh, uh, CEO, the way Kevin Feige is basically CEO of, of superhero movies. They didn't mm-hmm. have that back in the day, and therefore the Western sort of died out as the dominant genre. So let's let's really quickly talk about another multiverse movie. Let's go for it. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once mm-hmm. continues its trajectory to be the largest grossing a24 film of all time it is currently still at number i'm trying to find the tab where's my tab so it's currently it, i believe still at number four okay so for domestic box office hall yeah and actually i mean internationally it, these movies do nothing so domestic is really what matters here yeah i'm looking at it, it looks like right now in terms of A24 history, that it is number three all-time domestic box office. That I'm, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once is now at 41.7 million domestic. Hereditary, oh, you're right. Hereditary is ahead of it, 44 million Lady Bird is number two at 48. And then, of course, The King, Uncut Gems, is number one at 50 million. You're right. So everything everywhere is 
number four all time for a twenty four. Um, now I I feel mm-hmm. like this will beat Uncut Gems. Yes, I mean it is now a slam doink where in the next week or so it's going to pass Hereditary's forty four million. That's a slam doink. I mean Lady Bird at forty eight point nine. That feels like a slam. I mean, yeah, it feels like a slam doink that this movie is going to make at least ten million more and get past all of them. I just think it has enough time from now until the season truly kicks off mm-hmm. to continue to do well, to be the alternative to the mass marketed mm-hmm. Marvel film that's similar. I mean, I think you talked about this last episode. You will have a contingent of people who are like, I'm going to do the cooler version of this instead of seeing the big corporate one or seeing both or whatever. I think you're going to get a lot of people who Dr. Strange got them in a multiverse frame of mind. You know, the big test was this past weekend. You know, Mm -hmm. when Dr. Strange came out, there was the possibility that everything else at the box office was going to drop like a stone, was going to get wiped out. And that did not happen, especially with everything everywhere all at once. It only dropped 36% during Doctor Strange's opening weekend. I mean, and it, it lost theaters too. It lost theaters. So it's, and yep. it lo- probably lost theaters to Doctor Strange. Yeah. It lost 670 theaters. Like you said last week, a lot of those were IMAX theaters. It, it probably, I mean, I would assume it lost all of its IMAX theaters too. It did. It had to have. So th- last weekend could have been the weekend where everything everywhere collapsed, where we finally mm-hmm. had like a 50 or 60% drop where it only made like, you know, $2 million or less. That didn't happen. And I think because that didn't happen, this movie really could, I mean, it could, it could still make an, it's, I think it's definitely going to make another 10 million. I think there really is a world in which this movie has another $20 million domestically in it, where this could get to 60. I, I still I don't see that. I, I, I'm still low on this movie, even though it's going to be the the biggest A24 movie of all time. I am not in the sixty million dollar frame of mind for this film. Yeah, I mean, I think we will clap for it when it beats Uncut Gems. I mean, I think yes. there's going to be some bittersweetness in those claps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's with the understanding that, of course, you know, uh, Sandman is an icon. And the Safdie brothers are going to eventually, I think, make a movie that makes Baffa Bobo. Yes, yes. I mean, listen, I listen. Even though we're in the industry, I don't know the Sandman, Adam Sandler personally, but from what I know of him, I do think that when everything, everywhere, all at once passes uncut gems uh, at the box office, he'll be the first one to clap. You mm-hmm. know, I, that's the kind of guy he is takes care of his friends he always wants good things to happen so i think it'll be a happy clap when everything everywhere beats uncut gems everyone will be clapping including the sandman yes Uh, so another mm -hmm. film that we're gonna clap at when it reaches a milestone and i clap for not clap at clap at is combative right yes rappers clap at each other yeah, you don't want to be you want to be clapped for, you don't want to be clapped at, and you don't want to have the clap. Mm, Those oh, are the three stages not. of clapping. Yeah. So the Lost City at number seven made two point seven million dollars down only twenty-eight percent. It is at ninety-four point six. Mm-hmm. So I, it's I, it's it's gonna do it. I think I, it's gonna it's do it. It's so Matt. close. It's so so it needs five point four million to get to a hundred even. I mean, the things to look at are that it lost about 700 theaters this week. It lost 698 theaters. Um, It is also, starting tomorrow, going to be available on Paramount+. Plus. So it will be on a streamer. Are are you sure it's going to be on Paramount+. Plus? I'll double-check that right now. Because I know it's going to be on PVOD. It's going to be on... Premium VOD um, tomorrow. So I don't know. If I that am. Would... I am. A, I am looking at it on Deadline in an article from today. Uh, and the Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum led the Lost City is set to premiere 
May 10th via Paramount Plus in the United States and Canada. All right. So then so that, that is that, tomorrow. That is or today, depending on when you're listening to it. Basically, it is now. It is now. Lost City is now available for free because, I mean, we don't count streaming subscription services as paid, even though you pay for them. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's there. It's going to be there for anyone who orders Paramount+. Plus. How does that affect the, the uh, road to 100? I mean, I do think it affects it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think we've talked about this before. And one of you, boy, Austin, also mentioned this in his email uh, that he just sent us, that the thing you got to do if you're Paramount and you want – and listen, it's so funny – Anthony D'Alessandro uh, just said, let's not be obsessed with round numbers. And here we are obsessed about round numbers. Mm-hmm. But there's just something about being able to say this romantic action comedy made $100 million. Yeah. If we say it made 98 I think people will just turn – like they're not going to – understand how big a number that is that 100 is important for this it's it's the number that translates to even the the person who's not a a uh, uh, someone who doesn't study box office you know the everyday Mm -hmm. joe lunchpail uh susie's you know susie sweater you know they are able to know that 100 million dollars domestic is a big deal you know that that translates to everyone. So obviously, the lost city you want it to hit that hundred, and I do wonder if the, being available on Paramount Plus is that really going to be a factor that keeps people from going? You know, because the, the people who are going to watch it this weekend or this week are they people who were still debating about whether or not to go? I feel like a lot of people are just like, I'm never going to the theater. So they're excited when it drops on Paramount plus there's going to be a lot of people who saw it in the theater who are excited to watch it again, who wouldn't have Mm -hmm. seen it again in a movie theater. It's not that type of movie. Um, you know, Lost well, City but those very- kind of movies used to be those type of movies. The Lost City used to be a movie that people would see multiple times in the theater. Well, Lost City, though, it it kind of is a uh, a a movie for people who have already decided, especially at this point in its run. It's a movie for people who have already decided. I want to go see a movie tonight. You know, that's what the Lost City at this point is 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 and this is a kind of person who's much more rarer now than they were 10 20 years ago but the person who whether alone or in a couple have just decided let's go see something what's playing mm-hmm. and i think lost city is one of those movies that is really eye catching for that type of moviegoer because it's got big stars they've heard it's good you know it's got an intriguing premise so it plays to the people who are deciding, I'm going to go see something tonight no matter what. And if that type of movie's on Paramount Plus, I don't think it really affects that type of moviegoer. No, it doesn't. And, and the other thing about this is that we didn't know this was coming out on Paramount Plus. Right. You told me, I mean, because you had read on Deadline, but does the normal theater goer read deadline and pay attention that much to the dates that these things drop or do they open up their paramount plus app and stumble on it right right so i think the i before people know something's online there's at least a few days to a week to two weeks depending on how well Mm -hmm. it's marketed to them Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the fact that I didn't even know that this was going to be Paramount Plus, I knew it was going to be PVOD, but that's 20 bucks. There's a difference between that and, quote unquote, free on Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. I think it's still going to get this movie a weekend or two where people are not aware that yes, they can yes. watch it for free. So it has to make enough in these next two weeks until it completely falls off a cliff. And what I said before I interrupted myself is that we were talking about doing a drive-in double feature with Top Gun. Mm-hmm. 
if they want to get to that 100, Paramount must do that. Yes, yes, yes. I think at this point, Paramount is going to have to work to get Lost City over 100. It's going to have to add something extra, whether it's increasing the marketing campaign these last few weeks or pairing it with Top Gun Maverick and Drive-In's opening weekend or, you know, working all their movie theater contacts to get it in additional screens for an extra weekend. Um, You know, the thing that Lost City has going for it is the next two weekends, there are not huge movies opening that are going to necessarily gobble all of the screens, though there are new movies, so Lost City will continue to lose some screens each weekend. But mm-hmm. there's not a, another Doctor Strange opening this weekend. There's not a another even Sonic the Hedgehog opening this weekend, something that is just going to completely take all of Lost City screens. And its per theater average is 1400 this past weekend. That is still really good. You know, it's higher than The Northman, which is ahead of it. It's higher than Secrets of Dumbledore. It's almost the same as Sonic the Hedgehog 2. So, you know, these theaters that still show Lost City are making money. You know, so mm-hmm. stuff like The Northman is probably about to go completely out of theaters. Stuff like Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent and Fantastic Beast Secrets of Dumbledore, those three movies are about to get completely swamped and pulled out mm-hmm. of movie theaters. But Lost City saw a good per theater average, so it's it's not going to lose the same amount of screens as those other movies. Yeah. It, it's it's going to be, be close. Tight. It's yeah. going to be so tight. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's, you know, listen, a lot of people this weekend... They were very excited about the Preakness, you know, the big horse race. And the horses were running all around that track, and it was a photo finish. And everyone was, oh, did you see that finish, photo finish? The real photo finish is going to be these next three weeks and whether Lost City gets to $100 million domestic. That is your photo finish right there. Forget horses, forget Preaknesses and Belmonts and all those other stakes. Lost City is the photo finish you should care about. And – no horses were harmed in this race. Oh, none, 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 definitely none. So let's go from a movie that is bound for big things or hopefully bound for big things mm-hmm. to a movie that I feel like is not bound for big things. Mm-hmm. Firestarter starring Zachary Efron. Mm-hmm. A, listen to this, day and date release on Peacock. Yeah, yeah. Um, Very interesting comment from uh, wannabe old boy Austin in his email this weekend when he was talking about this movie um, in that he... He sort of brought up the idea that not... That these day and date releases, they they feel like they are from a different time. They feel like they're, they're blasé. Let me, I'm trying to look at exactly how he worded it. Cause he, he worded it so well, but these day and day releases, even though it's a thing that was only sort of invented in the last two years was a COVID pandemic invention. It already feels like the time has passed for doing these day and dates. Like mm-hmm. they're from a, from an era that we all want to be rid of. Yes. I think, did he use the term passe? Pa- yeah, passe might have been where he said it. It's a very long email with so much great information, so I'm, I'm trying to skim through and, and, and get to that part. So you try to find it, but I, I do agree with that sentiment, and it was so funny when I thought about that comment. It is so true how quaint this seems Mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. oh, we're going to do this because there's no need for it anymore. But the thing that this shows is that they have Universal Pictures has zero confidence in this film. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the pushback on that would be, this is exactly what Universal and Blumhouse did with Halloween kills, uh, in October of 2021, they did a day and date release, uh, on Peacock and the movie opened up to what? $50 million domestic or maybe less than that might've been less than that. Different um, time, different different IP. 
different IP is huge. Well, yes, Firestarter is definitely not an IP at the level of Halloween, but but I'm saying this is Universal might say this is what we do. We put our our Blumhouse horror movies day and date on Peacock and in movie theaters. Uh, so the word that wannabe oh boy Austin uses email is that it's outdated. Day and date is so outdated at this point, and I feel like this is going to be the last gasp of it. So mm-hmm. it, I would agree. I think you would agree. Day and date does feel outdated, and it also kind of feels like the thing that brings you back to a time you don't want to remember. You know, people want to keep moving forward, keep moving forward, and hearing day and date as part of a marketing strategy kind of pulls you back into the past and not a past that people are fond to revisit. You know, we're not nostalgic for 2020 and 2021 quite yet. Someday everyone will be, and there'll be the you know, I love the 2020s and all that on VH1, but we're not there yet. And day and date kind of pulls you back into a time you don't want to remember. Yes. Now, you brought up a point here Mm -hmm. about how this being Stephen King, why is this not a bigger deal? Yes, because, I mean, Stephen King has had a big box office revival the last few years. I mean, mainly from it chapter one and it chapter two being the biggest blockbuster horror of, of, of those years, but you know, pet cemetery remake in 2019 that made 54 million domestic. Obviously both it movies were gigantic opening weekend. So Stephen King is having a box office resurgence. So why is Firestarter? seeming to be uh, uh, just tossed off as, as uh, you know, as a non-starter. And with that, I would say his success has been exclusively it. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. Pet Cemetery at 54.7 domestic is fine, but it is not a hit. Mm-hmm. And we had Dr. Sleep, which True. was a huge bomb. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, his success has come on television, mm-hmm. streamers, things like that. By television, mm-hmm. I mean streamers. And so his power as an IP generator is overstated and overrated. Mm-hmm. 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 And Salem's Lot in that prestige September horror slot I think it's going to tell the tale, tell the tale of, fuck it, we're doing it live. Yeah, raw feed. That that he is exclusively it at the box office, and that's it. Well, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think the fact that this is Universal and not Warner Brothers, and even that Warner Brothers did also produce Dr. Sleep, which was a bomb, but, you know, Warner Brothers putting out Salem's Lot in that early September slot is a bigger deal than this Firestarter movie being tossed off by Universal day and date the week after Doctor Strange. Like, it's just, it's clear to the moviegoer that this is not an A-level Stephen King adaptation. It's not Warner Brothers. It's not coming out in early September. So it's just, got and it's day and date. So it's got a lot of of telltale signs of a, of a stinker. And I think the original Firestarter is really only notable because of Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm trying to look up, I mean, th- th- looking up box office for the original Firestarter is is really not going to tell us anything mm-hmm. because it was such a long time ago. But I'm trying to see if it's even a... Like if the, if it even made anything significant at the box office, it feel it was a it was a huge cable movie. No, so domestically it made fifteen million dollars. In what the early eighties? So that's eighty four. In eighty four, so that's a movie that probably would have been considered a success in its day. I think a horror movie in eighty four making fifteen million domestic that probably did. Well, but yes, it's not it's not a classic and it would definitely be a forgotten movie if it didn't star Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm this looking day for projections date- here. 
And uh, I am not seeing anything on box office. Pro. Oh, yes. Okay. So the projection for box office from box office pro for the opening weekend of Firestarter was eight to 13 million. So I think we both agree this is not opening at eight million dollars. No, this is lower. This is, I think they're, 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 I mean, there's nothing horror at the theater right now. Yeah. But I, I think the Blumhouse brand and, 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 and Austin pointed this out too. It's like the Blumhouse brand matters when there's something really buzzy or edgy about the concept. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case here. I think it's weird to see Zach Efron as a dad. And mm-hmm. maybe that's, I don't think that's going to be a hang up, but I think he's not a movie star. Definitely not. So I, I mean, he's a comedy value add for whatever that's worth nowadays, but he has never proven himself as a leading man at the box office and definitely not in anything that's not a comedy. You know, his his only box office success has really been as a comedic co-star. I think this movie's lucky to make five. Yeah. <laughs> it It has had... Such little visibility to me. I mean, I have not been seeing a big marketing campaign for it. Um, it does feel very tossed off, you know, and it doesn't have an iconic horror villain in it um, or even just a, a horror villain that really feels like would be a draw in any way. Yeah, so... I mean, do we see this making maybe like four point something million? It's going to make more than a Liam Neeson movie. It's not going to be a three million dollar opening, but I think no, no. So four I do and think a half I, I, feels right. Yeah, four and a half to five, I think feels right. I think this was promoted probably pretty heavily on Universal's TV networks, probably during sports. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's something that I don't think you watch a lot of live sports, really, not during this season anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I have seen commercials for this in that way, uh, but I don't think that's going to get the 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 sports fan out there. No. So no. yeah, I'm I'm thinking it. I'm thinking it makes around four point five to five. So let's do our top let's tens our, here. Top tens. I mean, I'm sorry, top fives. So let's do, all right, I'll go first. I'll go okay. first then. I mean, number one is obviously be Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Slam doink until Top Gun Maverick opens. It's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two is still going to be the bad guys. Um, it made 9.5 last week. So you figure it's going to make, you know, s- around 6 million this week. I think Sonic the Hedgehog 2 holds at number three. I think that'll finish ahead of Firestarter. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Firestarter has to be number four. Yeah. And then I think number five is going to be everything everywhere all at once. I've called it a few times, but this, I will be shocked if this isn't the weekend where it jumps over Fantastic Beasts. I mean, Fantastic Beasts last week made 4.2 million after a 49% drop. Everything everywhere made 3.5 after, you know, the drop for Dumbledore is going to be big enough that it will absolutely make less money this week than everything everywhere. So yeah, that is my top five is strange one, bad guys Two, Sonic, the hedgehog three Firestarter debuts, number four and everything everywhere holds at number five. Now I have been spot on two weekends in a row with this top five. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how I got there was not underestimating Fantastic Beasts. You keep underestimating Fantastic Beasts, and I can't believe I keep saying this. I can't believe I'm a defender of this movie, and I'm not a defender of the quality of this movie, but I'm a defender of this box office. So I'm going to say Doctor Strange, Slam Doink, number one. Number two, Bad Guys. Number three, Sonic the Hedgehog. I am also going to go Firestarter at number four, but I'm going to say Fantastic Beats, The Secrets of Dumbledore is going to push everything everywhere all at once out of the five spot. It's going to be close, but it's going to happen. All right. So we've already got a big hook for next week is to see who nails this top five. Uh, and it all hinges on number five, Beats versus everything everywhere all at once. That is a big battle for next week. 
and we'll be continuing to follow the Lost City story next week. So, I mean, so much, so much happening out there. Clayton, I'm going to throw this out there. And I listen, yes, I'm not, I have nothing official, but I think these next two weeks, you know, it's a little bit of a, uh, the releases are a little bit of a lull before we get to Top Gun Maverick. So I think in these next two weeks, maybe even next week, we got to do a summer movie preview. We got to do yeah. a summer box office preview. And obviously me and you could do it on our own and it would be great and it would be huge news and, and everyone will love it. But I think it's time to go get a special guest for our summer box office preview. So I won't say who, I won't say, you know, promise who yet, but I'm going to throw the fishing line out and see what we bring back. Yes, yes. I think we should do that. I think we need to now that EW is not in print. We've got mm-hmm. to do our double-sized, overstuffed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. summer preview to, yeah. to make up for that big hole. Yeah, yeah. So, so listen, again, I'm not saying this because I already got it booked and I'm being coy. We don't have it booked, but... Uh, I think it might be time to make something big happen, get a big guess and do a summer movie preview. Let's do it. All right. So all right. other than that, I think we've, we've done it all. Obviously email us at the BO boys podcast at gmail.com. We love reading your emails and your thoughts and your observations. Let us know if you saw Dr. Strange this week, was it too scary for your kids? Was it not scary enough? Maybe you're the kind of parent who wanted it to be scary. Uh, let us know. And let us know your thoughts on Firestarter, the B.O. Boys at Gmail. I'm sorry, the B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. All right. And I think, Pat, there's nothing left to say except for until next time. We'll smell.